Okay, today's daf we don't learn daf yud aleph, and we continue from the left off. Debei Rabbi Yane Amri, the, the the school Rabbi Yane said as follows: Geder mutali zroaba min, which have a shinugersa of the grahir shiyurtze, meaning on top of a fence you can plant whatever you like. And that was related to yesterday's shir about regarding can you plant on top of a fence, and that's the conclusion. However, the Mishnah now the Gemara now continues: Begeder yeshbol hakel v'yeshbol achmir. We find a fence can sometimes uh, provide a cooler, but sometimes it can make the situation more difficult. Now, from here on, we're going to be sharing the screen. Okay, so he says, If it's pachot mi beit rova mekurach or mukrach betoch sadeh, let's say you have in the middle of your field an area that's less than a beit rova. Now, normally, if you want to plant another min inside it, you have to laharchik, you have to laharchik a beit rova. Um, so, he has got less than a bit rova, so you wouldn't be able to put another min in there. However, if you put a fence around it, then it's separated into the fields, and you said on either side of the field, you'd be able to plant whatever you like. Now, now my picture's probably not accurate here, because if it's chavush like this, you probably would, wouldn't be able to plant anyway, even if it was a bit rova, but you understand the point, that, one, that the, the presence of a fence affords ability to plant on either side, even if the space you have is less than a bit rova. Let's continue. If, however, that's the, that's where a fence affords a leniency. If you have, for example, a bait rova bebika mutalis robo minim. If you have in a field, this is where Rebbe explains it, a bait rova separating in your field, you can plant one min on either side of that space, which is a bait rova. That's fine, as we said. If you want to plant two different minim in the same field, you have to, you have to have a bait rova space, and if you have, you can plant two different minim. It's not a problem. However, if you have if suddenly you have a fence around the whole field, then no longer is a bait rover sufficient. It seems to here, now that's all contained in the one little fenced off area, now we have a humra that says bait rover is not enough. Now the Gemara is going to uh, ask later on, it says, it says, how much of a space do you need if it's, if it's all fenced in? But so, but we'll see that um, tomorrow, I think. Now the Gemara now asks, so if you have a fence and on the fence itself planted all over it, it is Zarua, does that now still act as a fence to separate that I can plant on either side, the Chitin and Zorin, or not? So it's completely covered over. Now we take out the next line of Garid Zarua Mahushiatilata Yerek. So where Grad does, and that's where the Ruchaim follows. So let's continue. Rebbe Shmuel or Beshem Rebbe Zira says, Shmala Minhada. I can learn it from the following case. What's the following case? For Sumech lo shorshay ilan shiyavshu, lo amar ila shiyavshu halach asu. Meaning, what another separation that we have in the laws of Kilaim is the roots of a tree that are protruding, that they themselves, however, have dried out, meaning it's like a dead tree. Mashma what? Mashma only if it's dead. If it's alive, it's living, it's organic, if you like, then that's not considered a good enough hekar, a good enough separation anymore. So you can learn from this that what? that if you've got this fence that is growing things, let's, let's say now it's, it's like an organic separation, let's call it that, then it wouldn't be a good separation. So that's why Rabbi Yossi, Shama Lamin Hadar, so, um, so we get to leave Rabbi Yossi in a second. So in other words, that's why it says, Halach would be Asur, so Shema Mina what? Um, that Shema Mina as well. So Hada Amra Shegada Zoro Eno that's where Rechaim adds those words, and that's the way Rechaim understands it as well. So you see here from the fact that if it's the root itself is alive, 
then it's not a good separation only if it's dead. So too, a fence has to be, if you like, dead and not organic and living, covered over with plants. Rabbi Yossi, however, comes to the opposite conclusion. He's Shmami La Minhada. He learns it from a different case. It's Somech Labor, Veneer, Vegapa. We talked about all these things that act as separation. Bur, sorry, a, a field that hasn't, not a hole, but a bur, a, a field that hasn't been plowed, uh, it hasn't been worked. Near it has been plowed, it's not meant to be planted. Gapa, these are all things we learned yesterday. Offense. Lederech, Velegeder, Shogavoa. Very importantly, what's missing here is the next case, Uli Lanchu Mesachala Aretz. Now, we said a tree whose branches are reaching all the way to the ground, we said that that's also connected to separation. Ah, you see from here that what? That even something that's organic and growing can act as a separation. So, so too, his conclusion is, despite the fact you've got things growing on the fence, it should act as a separation. <clears throat> so the Gemara says, Afilu tema, let's take out the next five words again. Ein geder zarua matziletas rhyme. You can see how these words would have come out because it's like legeder shugavo is what we've just said a few a, few, uh, a couple of lines above, right? So it's like a repetition. Sometimes they, as the copywriter, as they write, they would write the same thing. They'd sort of jump back up a line. But anyway, let's go. So it's our filotem back to here. You can still say that the geder isn't matzil if it's covered over, but a tree is. Why In other words, the fact that that this tree that's branches are reaching the ground act as a separation could be completely different. Don't compare that to a fence that's completely overrun or covered over or planted because again, there might be two different things altogether. A tree might be more recognizable as a separation versus a fence that is sort of covered over or planted over. Okay, so in other words, you don't necessarily be mashing one from the next. Again, other Mephoshim read this will be differently, but uh, for simplicity, we're staying with Reb Chaim again. Let's continue. Rebbe Yudin asked the following question. Now, we saw previously that a row of, as long as you have a row that is 10, like a bait rover long and six wide, that's considered a significant row. We said that if it's in a stair katana, small, a smaller field, and therefore you don't need a separation. We also saw a garid, an area that is completely, the earth is completely dried out, like it's a completely different type of soil that also you could plant in it because that which grows out of it, we saw previously, well, it'll be so clear it's an independent area. The question is, what happens if I have, it says, Reb Yudan by Garid or Meshech Maushit Starfu? Can I have a Meshach? Meshech is a moist, normal area combined with Garid to make a shear. Now, the question is, what does this mean? So I've already in the picture sort of come to show you the conclusion. However, the Gemara, the Gemara sort of reaches that conclusion. It says, If the Meshach itself, that area that's moist is already six wide and ten long. You don't need the garid. Ella, what is it? Is the question is, is that it's not wide enough, as we're showing in this picture. It's only the meshech with the garid. Does that now can can we say that that is does it combine to make uh, as if the whole meshech is six wide and ten long? Okay, so it says asa garid as it says asa garid mikan with some shino here. Mahu not mutar asagrid mikan So on the garid side, there's no question that it's mutar because on the one side of our garid, we said since it's clear that it is a different, like what what grows there grows completely differently. It's clear it's a separate, distinct area. However, the question is, does this on the meshech side can it combine with the garid now to make that one big row such you can plant on the meshech side? Okay, because now it's got 10 together. Do I now, is it like as if I've got a whole area that's six by 10 and a half of Meshech? 
That's the question of the Gemara, and we're left left with left with no answer. Okay, Tani Rebbe Yonatan ben Yossi Omer Hayasham Sela. Now Sela is like rock face. If it's Aruka, ten long. Sorry, ten Aruka Asara Barachav Arba, ten long and four wide. Then we say Mutalisloch Mishtei Rachotav. What does it mean Mishtei Rachotav? What it means is on the long sides. Okay, so meaning can only plant on this rock face is a good separation, but only for the length side on the 10 side. So that side and that side, but not if you have a look here, if it was on the top ends. So if you if it was like if you wanted to plant on the four width sides, like in this picture, that wouldn't be good. That's what it means. It's a good separation, but not on those two sides. Right. So if it's the same picture, it's like. Uh, you can see Sorim and Chetim can be planted on the, on the long sides of the cellar, but you wouldn't be able to plant, plant them on the short sides because you need that 10 long length to be a significant separation. And if, it's, if you try and do on the top ends, like in the second picture just below it, it's, you, you, the, the length of the cellar is only four. It's not long enough to be an, a good enough separation. Okay. However, Hayat Hayta Asara al it was 10 by 10 Tfachim, this rock face, then you can plant on all four sides. Provided, obviously, that they're not running into each other and only meeting at points. That's why I've got the, all the four different colors for the four different minimum, if you like, um, arranged like this. Okay? That's why, because a cell is now big enough, now you can plant on all four sides of it um, because that cell is a good, good enough separation because it's wide enough. And again, you need a length of 10 of rock face or, or rock to be, um, to be considered a good separation. Okay. Let's continue. This just gets more exciting. Um, let's continue. Let's say someone's make a sadeh karacha karacha. He's got a nice big field, a beit uh, seah, and he wants to make it patchwork. Mikol min. Every, every little patch, he wants to make a different min. This is now when the halacha zayin, the next mishnah. In mishnah, this mishnah tell. It says, Ose esrim va'abra karachot. What you do, you divide into 24. Why? Because then once you divide into 24, each of them is a beit rova. So therefore, that makes it so. So you make it three by three karachot lebeitzia. So mikarachat beit rova each is a beit rova. Bezorim b'tochal kol min shiyerze. And then even without any separation, since each of these, once you've got a beit rova, each of these considered a distinct field. It's nikar each aruga. Each it's considered distinct on its own. It doesn't look like you're planting kilaim. It doesn't look like a mishmash. In other words, each of these patches are big enough to be decide, to, defined as a field. Okay. However, let's say you'd want to, what it's saying, in other words, if you want to not do 24 different minim, but you want to plant two of those little patches the same min, that you can't do. However, Bechardal, Zorin Chardal, it said, you could do Chardal mustard. However, Shlosha, if you want to do three of those patches, Loyazarem Chardal, why? Because once that's all Dibrebimir, because if you did three patches, not at the pictures yet, um, if you did three patches, then suddenly it looked like a mustard field with other things mixed into it. Okay? So, in other words, if you're doing a patchwork, they really have to be all distinct different patches, because then as you start doing multiple patches for the same thing, suddenly it looks like a field of that min with other things mixed into it, all right? You, it loses the feel of distinct fields or subfields. 
However, Chachamim Omrim, Chachamim says, now the Gemara is going to explain this, but I'll spoil the surprise now, but Chachamim Acholik on the first opinion. In other words, you can't plant 24, you can't do 24 patches. You have to plant, Chachamim says, you can only Tesha Krachot, Mutar, Asara, Asurot. Now to explain this, this is not the way Yerushalayim is going to explain it at the moment. This is the way that the Mepharish Mishnah explain it. In other words, it sounds like, now the reason I'm explaining it like the Mishnahs first is because you can see what the, you appreciate then what Yerushalmi will do. It sounds like this is the way, for example, the Rambam explains the Mishnahs. He, he explains that the Chachamim say that you can't have them one next to the other. So therefore, if you divide it into this, into, um, let's, make, let's make it simple, a five by five area, in order that they can be spaced and have a, have a space between each of the karachat, these are the things you're planting, the orange things are the area you're planting, you, you, the maximum you could have is nine. That's what it sounds like. That's when Mepharshim Mishnah explained it initially. And you'll see how the Rosham explained it differently soon. Okay? Now, Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov Omer, Afilu kolsedel beikur, even if a whole field is a beikur, lo yaseh betocha chutz mi karachat achat, you can only have one karachat inside it. Now, the, uh, the Mepharshim Mishnah go into length to try and understand what the opinion of Rebbe, of Rebbe Lazar ben Yaakov is. The, uh, the Pnei Moshe simply says, time of the Rebbe Leazar, Parash. It's very difficult. We don't, we don't even understand. The, the, the logic behind Rebbe Leazar, Ben Yaakov, is not explained. Uh, but it sounds like, the way the Reb Chaim says, Ein el echad, kadin. In other words, even if you have the right hachaka, you, you can only put one patch inside it, not more than one patch. Okay, that's Ishita. Now, Chachamim Urim, back now, let's the Gemara. Reb Rabbi Al Rosha. In other words, Chachamim on as I said, Rabbi Yossi, on the ratio. What's what, in other words, Rabbi Meir says, afilu chavushot, afilu smuchot. He says you can plant 24 different minim. You can break it up 24 minim, even if they're side by side, even if they're completely surrounded. You don't need any spacing because each of the bait rovers, each of these patches look the size of a distinct field. It doesn't, it's not a problem of kilayim. However, Rabbanin Amrim, chavushot, smuchot, they can't be next to each other. They can't be completely surrounded. I'll explain what that means in a minute. So, hey, Chavide, how would you do this? Tlat v'tarte v'chad v'tarte v'chad. That means three, two, one, two, one. What does this mean? According to the Panay Moshe, it means you do it as follows. So one, in other words, three, three, what? two, one, one, two, and then three. Why one, two, one? Um, what do you mean? Why, what do you mean? Why one, two, one? The Gemara says three, two, one, two, one, right? Three, two, one, two, one. Correct. Yeah. Yes. What's your problem? Why? Why not three, two, one, three, two, one? It's too, too small the field. You mean? No, no. I'll, I'll get to. The, I'll, let, let's have a look at the pictures first before we get okay, to the numbers. Okay. 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 So the Panay Moshe, which is probably got the picture you've got in front of you, looks like this. Okay. So in other words, Chachamim agree with the following principle. They say actually can be Roshtor. They can meet at a point, at points. Okay. So therefore you could fit in nine like this. Okay. The Kasha on the Panay Moshe's picture is, is that this right here. This is the way the Reb Chaim says is a Kasha on his picture is because one of the things is, as we'll see in a moment, just as it can't be Chavush, on all sides, it can't be Rosh Tor on all sides. And if you have a look at the, what I've marked out red, that middle one here, the middle one there, is surrounded on all four corners. So that shouldn't be allowed. Okay? So that's why if you have a look at the Mara Fulda's explanation, it's pretty much, but by the way, the Rosh Cerulea also says this, but I didn't get a chance to see the, there's an extended Rosh Cerulea. But, but, but here, the, but there, the middle one. This sorry. one here? The middle, no, in the brown one, in the old brown one, the Pirush, yeah. 
yeah. also that also that one is is Rosh Rostov from Ebenezer. Yeah, 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 no, no, it, no. It's that's the this this picture is the kasha is the same as the perush. I'm just the reason why I colored it red is to show where the kasha is. Ah, uh-uh, sorry, sorry. Mean, yeah, meaning yeah, yeah, yeah. the fact that it's the fact that it's Rosh Tor on all four sides is a no-no. Okay, that's why the Marafulda, the way I understand it, seems to explain it like this. And he says the following principles in order to get to here. Like you might think, why can't I put it here? Why can't I put it here? Why can't I fit in more? And he says as follows. First is, it can't be chavush mikolat stadim, even with harachaka. Which would mean, by the way, this case here that we explained according to the Rambam on the Mishnah would be bad. Because this one in the middle is chavush on all four sides. One, two, three, four, even baharachaka. So that you can't have. You can't have a chavush surround on all four sides, even with a space. That's principle number one. Principle number two is you can't have chavush arba mikol dalit zaviyot, which is the kasha we showed on the on the Pnei Moshe, which is exactly like this, uh, like the shape of a, you know, like a five on a dice. That, like we had in the red there, that's also bad. Finally, the thing he also says in order to get to his conclusion, because ein makifim harchaka, meaning the harchaka itself, the spacing can't be surrounded on all four sides. Okay, so you can't have a square, for example, right here in the Pnei Moshe's one here, that one here, meaning if uh, line two, position three, that harachaka, if you like, that one is surrounded on all four sides. So that would also be a no-no according to the Marafulda. Okay. So it's that, either or, either planted or bore, a bull. Planted or bore, you can't, it can't be surrounded by bore, it can't be, like that, that's, that's how it's going to be. Like, this thing. Yeah, that's yeah. why he comes to that conclusion. What I don't understand, and, and, and he brings other, other kashas that potential. I'll leave that for your own time to look into it. But for example, I'm not sure why you can't plant line three, position five, right over here as well, because that wouldn't seem to violate necessarily the, pro, the, the, the principles it says, but I'm not sure. Again, I'm not sure about Fulda. And, and raised- we, must also, we must also establish that the fields are not surrounded by a, by a gather. Uh, yes, of course. Okay, now. However, again, let's have a look at Reb Chaim. Reb Chaim says very differently. He says that what we're talking about here, the gears are slightly different because otherwise it doesn't make sense because we said three, two, one, two, one, and everyone seems to have matched that, three, two, one, two, one. Here, it means three of two and one, then two of one. I think, it's, I think that's the way he explains it. He says, Okay, that, and he cites a Kelet Yaakov, and he says it's like this and like in this picture. He says it's actually 20, it has to be 24 because we're dividing it into 24. Why is everyone dividing 25? By the way, the, the, if you noticed, the Rosh Cerulio explains that even though it looks like a five by five square like the Pnei Moshe, you have to take out one. Otherwise, it's not, it's because it has to be divided into 24. That's why Rosh Cerulio, that's why I've taken out that sort of that corner. But let's go back to Reb Chaim. Reb Chaim says it looks like this. To, in order not to violate any of these principles, it goes two then one, two, then one, two, then one. That's the maximum according to the Chachamim. Okay. However, he himself raises a kasha in the Kilat Yaakov. He says, one second. Then why can't I have, if I did it like this, two, then two, the last two lines, you can see the two, the, the three that are marked as red. That would also seem to work. Why can't I fit in 10? Okay. Everyone seems to have kashas on the, on, on, on all the parishions that have kashas. That, that's why I'm sort of fleshing this out a little bit further. Uh, but he says, maybe it was that that they wanted a completely empty row. And that's maybe why they said nine on 10. I think the simplest answer in this is a bit like the based, kind of based on the gra. Um, the, the gra, on, he says, is that really, Chachamim say you can fit in, you can, it agrees with Rumeir. 
which doesn't seem to be like the Rishalmi, but meaning that it can be Chavush, it can be, this is not the ground on the Gemara here. It can be Chavush, this is the ground, I sound like the ground quoted in the Mishnah, the way Kati cites it. Um, there can be, it, can be, it can be whatever you like. However, once you get past nine minimum Beit Seya, whatever Heterim you want to build out, it just gets to be too much, according to Chachamim. And I think once we say that, it makes it a lot easier to understand according to all the perushim. That theoretically, maybe you could slip in another one here and there. Again, I didn't really get to the end of the Marafulda that says, no, you can only get nine, you can't get 10. Um, but it's, I think the simplest way of understanding this is that it gets to a point where Chachamim say, look, beyond nine, even if you can theoretically configure in such a way that you're not violating any of the principles, you know, it just looks like there's too many now. I think that's probably, again, I think maybe that, that's, um, that might be the, Simplest way of explaining the Gemara. But again, I haven't said it's like kind of based on a Gra, maybe, but the Gra doesn't actually say that on this. So yeah, no, you're showing Okay, let's now let's do the next Mishnah. Okay, spend a bit of time on that, and that's the end of our pictures today. Let's continue. Halacha says, We said that in order to in order to plant two different grains um, near like next to one another, you have to have a bait rover. We said it's a width of about 10 and a half amot, slightly less, but but it's around that. Um, if you want to know the exact dimensions, it's uh, a bait robber itself is 104 and a sixth square. So square root of 104 and a six is a bit less than 10 and a half. But anyway, so in other words, to, but the point is, does it have to be completely empty space? And the Gemara says, no, it can be other things as well. Meaning it can even, it can be rocks. It can be all, all manners of things. It says, even achilata gefen. Achilata gefen is a space you have to leave those six tfachim near a geffen before you can plant there. Okay, so even achilata geffen can be considered part of that. And a kever, which you can't plant in anyway, and a cellar, which you can't plant anyway. The point is, you might think that all these things, since you can't plant in those spaces anyway, it's not considered a spacing. In other words, maybe I have to recognizable gap between my two different minutes. And those things that I can't plant, well, they can't all Mishnah says, no, even those things you're not allowed to plant in anyway, or you cannot plant anyway, they can all add to be part of this gap. Okay? The Gemara says, if you want to plant chitin in selrim, you need a gap of beit rova. Yarak be yarak, if you want vegetables and vegetables, the gap is actually only six tfachim, shisha tfachim. Tfua be yarak be yarak if you want to plant wheat inside an area of vegetables, vice versa, we say that's a beit rova. However, Rebeleazer says, Omer yarak be if you want to plant vegetables within a field of wheat, the gap is only six tfachim. Okay, let's continue with the Mishnah. Let's say you plan to produce properly. You, you had the proper spacing, but as they grew, they grew quite tall and they started hanging over other, the other Tfua. And the question, uh, similarly, V'yerek yarak and vegetables on vegetables, we say, everything's absolutely fine. It's absolutely fine because since when you planted it, you did the wrong normal spacing, it doesn't matter if they're now sort of like, they're, they're sort of growing over that gap. Not spreading the roots. We're talking about like the branches, if you like, or the, or the, the stalks. However, that'll be chutzmi delat yavanit. That's aside from a a, uh, a Greek uh, gourd, <laughs> a Greek pumpkin. Okay, um, that why? Because those are mit pashet. Uh, I'll, I'll say uh, They've got big long leaves, and they spread out very far. 
And for those, if those pumpkins sort of leaves started growing onto, despite the gap, the six buffing gap, that would already look, look, look like an irbuvia, look like a complete mixture. Rebbe says, Afki Mitri even includes these uh, cucumbers and Paul Mitzvah's Egyptian bean. However, that's the tradition he received, but I actually see logically the position of Chachamim more than my own. Okay, now the Gemara. We're only talking about Achilata Gefen. Achilata Gefen, as we said, is a space that's six next to a Gefen. Only that space that you're not allowed to plant in to be considered part of the Beit Rova. However, Hagefen at small, but if there's a vine there in that Beit Rova, absolutely not. Now, the question is, Lama. Why can't a vine be considered also part of the Beit Rova separation between from grains? We say, meaning, the Reb Chaim says, Since you cannot plant there, it's asal to plant right where the vine is. The obvious question is going to come up in a moment. That's why it can't be, uh, can't be, can't, you, you cannot plant there. Now, we says, but, but the Gemara says, Hare kever, but one second, a kever is also asur to plant there, but you said a, uh, it's asur bahanaya, but still you said it can be counted. So what's the difference between a vine and a kever? So the kever ain't is isura nikar, meaning it's not necessarily visible. Not everyone knows it walks past a field that there happens to be a grave there. But a vine that's protruding, sticking out of the ground, that's asur, the plant there, that's that's different story. That's why it can't be included as part of your bait rover spacing. Now we ask the same next obvious question. But one second, what are avodata gefer? Avodata gefen is right next to a vine. It's visible to everybody. And we know you're not allowed to plant within six tfachim of the vine. Why do we say that avodata gefen can be included as part of this Beit Rova calculation? So we say avodata gefen, uh, so Ella, we say, he said for a single vine, there is no issue avodata gefen. Um, full stop. Meaning, since since there's well, since there's in other words, so he holds that for a single vine there's no isura, there's no requirement of separation, so therefore it's not asur to plant. So therefore our mission when it says about is only the shit Rabbi Ishmael that says really there's no there's no isur to plant there at all. Now the Gemara repeats itself. We say keva in isur which is effectively the same thing we've said before. That's why if you look at the shino spot on the side, or less in mine, the uh, the rush and the rimbat says later. It says that uh, it's not in that um, not in those nusrat because it's basically repeating the same question, the same answer we just had three lines above. Okay, that's sure today, everyone. Right. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you.